All right, if you open your Bible to Exodus chapter 28, while you're looking there, let me point out a couple of things. Has everybody got an outline for this morning? Is it different from last week? Priesthood number five. Yes, it's different from last week. Uh, Thank you, Bill. And I think Bill passed these around. Has everybody got these are just uh, additions to the study this week? We're not going to study them. They're just some explanations. Of course, you already know, and we'll cover it again this morning, that the names of the 12 tribes of Israel were engraved on stones on the breastplate and on the shoulders of the high priest. I made up a list of all of the names of uh, uh, Jacob, of Israelites, the 12 tribes. I also gave the, the meaning of the name, the mother of each one of them, the stone they're set in, and the verse where those birth dates are found, that uh, these 12 sons, that's the 12 tribes of Israel. We call them the patriarchs, whatever you want. Bill, have we got any more of these? All right. There's a couple of people that's saying they don't have them. I think Miss Flo there didn't have them. They're just for you to put in your notebook if, so you can keep our future reference. Also got a little note on the bottom. You'll start reading some commentaries one of these days, and they'll talk about the ten lost tribes of, of Israel. There's no such thing as the ten lost tribes of Israel. That's somebody trying to be sensational and write up a bunch of junk that's not true to the Scriptures. The Bible talks about going to the lost sheep. Well, the lost sheep were found. They're not lost in that sense. And uh, I gave scriptures in there where it makes it plain all the way to Revelation. The 12 tribes of Israel are going to once again be blessed of God, raised up, preach the gospel. So that, I just put a note down there. Don't let anybody come along and tell you they're lost. Because they may be lost spiritually, but they're not lost. And all these people say they disappeared. Then you've got another supplement that we'll look at but not study because there's no point in it. It's called the Urim and the Thurman. It's in Exodus 28:30 that goes inside of the breastplate. Uh, that's about all I can tell you about it. I've got some explanation. It's nowhere described in the scriptures. God didn't tell us what it was for. There is an indication that somehow David referred to it when he said, Lord, shall I go up against the Philistines or should I not go up against the Philistines? That can't be proven. Please don't get into speculation. I've read 20 commentaries this week, or this last two or three weeks, trying to find if anybody knew, but they all come up with some kind of strange ideas. Some of them do, not all of them. But uh, the Scripture does not, God did not see fit to tell us what that was about. It does play some part, but that's not the only thing in Scripture that God didn't explain to us. But I gave you that just for your record, so that... uh, You might want to refer back to it. Uh, It's referred to several times in Scripture, but in no place does it explain why, what the full purpose of it was, not clearly. Uh, It was referred to, like I said, several times, but uh, I've got enough problems trying to handle what is explained without trying to explain what's not explained. You've taught this before, Brother Jerry. You've run into some problems, so... 
All right, let's look at the priesthood. Uh, we'll be hopefully we'll be brief and get all this in this morning. This will be our last lesson on the tabernacle and the priesthood. We could extend it for another six months. We could study each one of the stones on the breastplate, on the shoulders, but it would just drag out and drag out and drag out. I personally don't. Maybe a good place for it to be taught is in seminary, uh, some major university. But uh, for us, I think it is not as profitable. What I'd like to do next week is have a general review. We'll start very briefly and go from the gate right on through very quickly and uh, have an opportunity to, if you want to ask questions. Uh, again, I'm telling you, I may not have the answers, but I'll try. So that you got a full picture when we conclude the tabernacle. So if you got any misunderstanding, anything I've not made clear, I'll be glad to try to. That's about the best I can do. Let's look in Exodus chapter 28. Uh, this is uh, basically the last uh, garment that is spoken of. The, he had the, the mitre on his head, but that repeats some things that we've already studied. said, And thou shalt make the breastplate of judgment with cunning work. After the work of the ephod shalt thou make it of gold, of blue, of purple, of scarlet, and of fine twine linen shalt thou make it. Four square it shall be being doubled. A span shall be the length thereof. A span shall be the breadth thereof. And thou shalt set in it settings of stone, even four rows of stones. The first row shall be a sardis, a topaz, and a carbuncle. This shall be the first row. Now, we'll end our reading there. The, the next few verses just list the stones by road. And then their names were inscribed by their tribes. Now, they're different. We'll get to it, but let me mention it here. They were written on those 12 stones by tribe. Now, when he put the onyx set in gold on the shoulder pieces that connected the two front and back of the epod, those were put on there in order of their birth. So they're different enlisted in Scripture. Not sure exactly what all that is. You could get into some minute detail, and I don't want us to do that. But let's just look quickly at the size and the material of the breastplate. We just read over that. Uh, not a great deal of application there, but number one, it was four square. That means it was equal on all sides. And that has some application that we'll look at here in just a minute. But it was to be doubled. It made a pouch. And again, it, that pouch was for them to put the uh, the, the two uh, items in, the uh, Urim and the Thurman, that I gave you the little explanation on here. Again, that was carried in the pocket of the breastplate by the high priest. And he had to have it in there every time that he went in through the veil and go, went into the presence of God in the Holy of Holies. He had to have all of these clothes on in the right place exactly like God said that he was supposed to have it. But then it said the measurements of it was a span. Now you can get technical. I don't know exactly where you're going to end up. But a span was considered the length from the tip of the outside finger to the tip of the thumb. Today in English and in most colleges they consider it nine inches. So it was nine inch square. I think it's actually 8.737 or something. I don't know what it is and really don't make me no difference. But if you figure it out, you let me know. 
But uh, again, you can remember now that inside of that double pouch, they put these two items here, and they're referred to, I think, seven times in Scripture, but again, no clear explanation is given. But uh, let's look now, number two, the stones on the breastplate of the high priest. Those start in uh, Exodus chapter 17, and they go down through 21, and they're listed by each one of the stones, and uh, they represent the tribes of Israel. But let me just, without reading through that and taking up time, because we're already running a little bit behind because of our preliminaries, Would to God we could learn this. Every stone on the breastplate was different. There was no duplicates. Y'all have heard it said, we've heard it said, look at all the snowflakes, no two alike. Look at all the people, no two alike. And bringing it down to us today, there's no duplicates. In, in any independent Baptist church you go into, there's no two alike. God made us all different. Amen. We've all got a purpose. We're all, listen to me, equally important to God. And there was a great variety of stones. There was no duplicates of stones. They were all equal in beauty and in value. There was no jealousy between the stones. There was no conflict. If you go back and study it, there was no conflict of color the way God put them together. They all fitted in to where they complemented one another. Are y'all with me? Wouldn't it be nice, Brother David, if everybody in the Independent Baptist Church in America would complement each other and fit together and work together, balance each other? You see, there was no backbiting, there was no confrontation, there was no criticizing. You won't find one word when you refer to those stones that God set those people in, those names of the 12 tribes of Israel. God help us to get back. God said, do it after the pattern. I've said this again and again and again. There is no justification for you and I criticizing one another. We're all in the body of Christ here at Eastside Baptist Church, and that's true. I'm not picking on each side. Wouldn't it be nice if we could compliment each other? God said we ought to weep with each other. We ought to hurt with each other. We ought to suffer with each other. We ought to rejoice with each other. Second, First Corinthians chapter 12. Let's pray that God would put that in not only in our hearts, but in the hearts of all the people, not only in our church, but in every church. Are you all aware that there is some criticism goes on from time to time? You deacons have been criticized. I'm not talking about anybody individually. God help us. We ought to walk close enough with God. He said, here's the picture. And he put all those out there. And let me point out one other thing, more on an individual basis. I've studied all that I could without putting a whole lot in writing, which I really don't want to go back and do. All of those 12 stones in the scriptures are considered what? Does anybody know? Considered precious. Go back and do a study on it sometime. 
You say, what's that mean, Brother Ernest? This is something we also need to realize. How many of you go through some difficulties, you have temptations, you make some wrong decisions, you do some dumb things, and sometimes you get depressed and you say, I'm just worthless. Those, pro- those stones were all precious stones. Brother David, it's hard for me to realize, knowing who I am and what I am, it's hard for it really to be real to me, Woody, that I'm precious in his sight. I thought about, and y'all can all identify, when my children was born, and we pick them up, one of them sitting there, and you hold them, and what do you say? Aren't they precious? Can you picture God holding you and saying, isn't he precious? Jeff, I have a hard time with that. If I knew everything about me and I was holding me, I wouldn't say he's precious. <laughs> but I rejoiced last night and I was rejoicing that God considers everyone of you sitting here this morning as precious in his sight. Even to the point when God called you home, he said what? The death of the saints are what? Precious. Because you're coming back home to him. It'd do us good to keep that in mind sometime and not let Satan dwell, make us dwell on the negative in our life, the worthless part of our life, and realize that we're precious in God's sight. Well, I don't know what that does for you, but anyway. The stones are all, again, they're, they're there in perfect harmony and they complement each other. And each one of you is precious in God's sight. Uh, let's look at the security of the breastplate very quickly. Let's look in down, look, look in verse 21. And the stones shall be with the names of the children of Israel, twelve, according to their names, like the engraving of a signet. Every one with his name shall they be according to the twelve tribes. And thou shalt make upon the breastplate, now watch, chains at the end of the wreath and work of pure gold. And thou shalt make upon the breastplate two rings of gold, and shall put the two rings on the one end of the breastplate, and thou shalt put the two wreathen chains of gold in the two rings which are on the ends of the breastplate, and the other two ends of the two wreathen chains thou shalt fasten to the two arches, and put them on the shoulder pieces of the ephod before it, and thou shalt make two rings of gold, and thou shalt put them upon the two ends of the breastplate of the border thereof, which is in the side of the ephod inward. And the two other rings of gold shalt thou make, and thou shalt put them on the two sides of the ephod beneath, toward the forepart thereof, over against the other coupling thereof, above the curious girdle of the ephod. And they shall bind the breastplate by the rings thereof unto the rings of the ephod with a lace of blue that it may be above the curious girdle of the ephod and that the breastplate, watch now, be not loosed from the ephod. And Aaron shall bear the names of the children of Israel in the breastplate of judgment upon his heart. When he goeth in unto the holy place for a memorial before the Lord continually. I should have put up the uh, projector here and made a little bit better. Been able to clear it. But 
this breastplate, I'm sure all of you have got this and looked at it. But it said, he said, basically in our language, you put a gold ring in the two top corners, a gold ring in the two top bottom corners. Then they had a golden chain that went from the four corners. Two of them went up to the shoulder plates that held the ephod together. The other two came down to the curious girdle that went around the ephod. Keep in mind now, that was all one garment. When it was said and done, they were attached, what did it say? And it shall not be loosed. The epod, the curious girdle, the breastplate, chained to the shoulder pieces, chained to the girdle. It said they can't be loosed. They're there. It said bound to it. If you study the word bound, it, it means it's tied in. It can't be taken off. There's no way to remove it. It wasn't snapped in there. They made those chains and made those in those gold rings to where they could not be taken off. And God instructed uh, Aaron, he said, when you go in, when you come into my presence, he had the children of Israel on his heart. That's a picture of our Lord Jesus Christ. Where is our Lord Jesus Christ right now? He's at the right hand of the throne of God where he what? Forever maketh intercession. Again, that's so hard for me to comprehend in reality. I know it in my head and I can say it with my mouth. But to think that our Lord Jesus Christ, who was God in the flesh, is there at the right hand of God in heaven right now while we sit here, and he's got me and you on his heart. We're spiritual, we're spiritual Israel in the New Testament. And he cares enough about you and cares enough about me that he has got us continually on his heart. They're bound to his heart. They can never be removed. And it says, this is a picture. The high priest in the tabernacle is a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hebrews chapter 7, our high priest in the New Testament. And Brother Jeff, he's there right now calling my name, your name, your name, and your name. Making intercession for us. What does that do for you? You know, it, it does a lot for me. But you know one thing it does? Sometimes it makes me ashamed of myself that I don't do more for Him. So, but it's clear the more you study, the more you'll find, the more you'll find, the more you'll find. Go to Exodus chapter 39. It was bound on the heart of God. He's there, and we're there today. It's on that breastplate. He said it can't be taken off, it can't be removed, it can't be made loose. All since the day you got saved, you and I have been on the heart of God. And God's there. You know, I have people call me. Sometimes, and they'll share a burden like Chester Keith did yesterday. He said, I wish you'd pray for me. I said, I will. I said, that makes four of us. I said, you're praying. I'm praying with you. The Lord Jesus Christ is praying with you and I, and the Holy Spirit of God is making intercession. We've got all the prayer help we need. God help us to learn what Christianity is really all about. Y'all want me to repeat that? Sometimes we forget some of the precious truths of the Bible. Amen. So we've looked at the stones on the breastplate. 
We've looked at the fact that they're secure there. They can't be taken off. We're on his heart day and night. You know, and I've thought about that. I always try to come back and apply it. Uh, when one of our kids was sick, they had little kids, and you put them to bed at night, and you're worried about them. You went to bed, where were they? They're on your heart. Day and night, 24 hours a day. My three kids are grown. They're still on my heart. Every day, all day. Every day, all day. And yours are too. I know you well enough to know those of you got kids. Three, four of you today. Pray for my son. Pray for my daughter. God help us to remember that we're on the heart of Christ. He's our high priest and he's there at the throne of God. And he's sharing that burden with God the Father. And he's saying, help them. Let's look at number four at the stones on the shoulder of the high priest. There's some similarities there, but they're not exactly the same. Exodus, we're going to go back now. We've got to back up to get to those stones. We didn't, we didn't get them last week. Look in chapter 28, verse 9 through 14. <clears throat> this is putting the epod together, the front and the back. And thou shalt take two onyx stones and engrave them with the names of the children of Israel, six of their names on the one stone, and the other six names of the rest on the other stone. And now this is according to their birth, from the youngest to the oldest. That's what you got on your list right here. This is according to birth. They're the twelve tribes of Israel, but not according to tribes, as God listed them on on these breastplates. But it says, according to their birth... And the work of an engraver in stone, like the engraving of a signet, thou shalt engrave the two stones with the names of the children of Israel, and thou shalt make them to be set in onches of gold, and thou shalt put the two stones upon the shoulder of the ephod for stones of memorial unto the children of Israel. And Aaron shall bear the names before the Lord of the two sho- upon his two shoulders for a memorial. Let me just point out a couple of things again. It's amazing how God illustrates and teaches us the same truth in different ways. We've looked at the names on the breastplate, how that they're on the heart of God, how that they were equal, how that they were in harmony, how they were all those. Now we see them put on the stones on the shoulder pieces and notice this. We're all set in the same kind of stone. We're all in unity. We're all equal. This ought not to ever be so. But humanly speaking, I know of some parents, and it's very obviously they've got one, two, three, not one, they've got two, three, four, five kids, but they got a favorite. Y'all with me? They got a favorite. Brother God don't have no favorites. We're all engraved on onyx stone set in gold settings that those gold settings bind us in lock us in I've studied that it's, they're, they're unremovable they're encased in that gold and we're all where? in Christ we're in Christ and I gave you a list of numbers there I'm not going to have time to look at it today but on the next page we got, I gave you eight scriptures where it talks about you and I are being in Christ and um, but, you know, sometimes we're just prone to think, well, you know, uh, you know, I'm a child of God, 
and I do this and that a little bit for God, but I'm not near as important as Brother Cutshaw is. He's pastor and he does it. That's not true according to the scriptures. He's gifted to be a pastor, probably got the gift of teaching and exhortation. You're gifted to do something else, but we're all in Christ. We're all set in the same stone. We're all equal in God's sight, and God loves us all and appreciates us all and needs us all, and he put us all together as a body of Christ here at East Side to love and to compliment and care for one another. Uh, you've already, we back years, I don't know, last year we studied Romans, Romans 2.11, said God's no respect for a person. So that's true within the family. But you know, I thought about this too. What better place for a father to be pictured in the scripture is on the shoulders of God, the family relationship. And we're all believers in Christ. We're in by birth. I think it's, I think it's an amazing picture. God loves all his children equally. Now we all know some of these things, but you know, Jesus Christ is our high priest. Jesus Christ is our savior. He's our Lord. He's our mediator. He's our all in all. But he's also our shepherd. And we all know what that pictures. And uh, you go back to, uh, well, turn over to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11. I wish Johnny and Teresa could have been here this morning. Maybe you could share it with them. Matthew chapter 11. Let's look in verse 28. We want to look at two scriptures. He said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. God said, When you get a burden too heavy for you to care, he said, Just come to me. I'll put it on my shoulder and care for you. Now turn over to Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15, you're all familiar with the text. Luke chapter 15, look in verse 3. This is a parable. A parable is a truth, is a picture of a truth. And he spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them? Now keep in mind, sheep are... Their sheep pictures a Christian. A goat pictures a lost person. Having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, one of them go astray, one of them get burdened, one of them makes some whatever, does not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he found it. And when he had found it, he layeth it upon his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he come home, Call it together his friends and his neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. You know God cares for you and I? When he'll leave ninety and nine and go out into the wilderness and find one, because he cares. I thought I would do that for my kids. How much more God does that for us? I'm tempted to leave the Baptist movement, join the Pentecostal movement, just shout a while. <laughs> I wouldn't do that for doctrinal reasons, but y'all, y'all with me? But there's two things that I'd leave you with that y'all to always remember. 
Jesus Christ is our high priest and he cares cares us upon his heart 24 hours a day, every day. Doesn't matter how bad things look here, you can know that God cares for you, loves you, you're precious in his sight, and he's before the throne of God interceding for you. And if you have a burden that you can't care, he'll put you on the shoulder, he'll care care for you. Bill, close in prayer. Let's remember again, Brother Cutshaw. Dear Heavenly Father, we are so very thankful, Lord, for these truths, Lord, that, that you 